Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Uncle Sacky Podcast. I'm your host and everyone's favorite uncle, Stephen J. Sacky. America's longest war has ended after 20 years as the last U.S. troops have departed Afghanistan. Although I'm not so sure the last of us made it out, only time will tell. The sloppy and poorly planned exit cost the lives of more than 180 Afghans and 13 U.S. service members who were of course killed in that suicide bombing at Kabul airport. Now, I don't think we belong there anymore, but the verdict across the board from military strategists and just about everybody seems to be that Biden poorly planned this and there was a stronghold that should have been evacuated last, but they did it first and it led to all this. Also, he gave out the names to military people and uh, Afghan allies that had to get out. They gave it to the Taliban controlling the checkpoints. They basically gave them a, a kill list. Horrible stuff, but you know, I guess you could say Biden doesn't know how to pull out. And this isn't the first time that he wishes he knew how. The president offered these thoughts. They made it clear that we can and we must complete this mission, and we will. And that's what I've ordered them to do. We will not be deterred by terrorists, and we will continue the evacuation. I've also ordered my commanders to develop operational plans to strike ISIS-K assets, leadership, and facilities. These ISIS terrorists will not win. We will rescue the Americans. We will get our Afghan allies. And our mission will go on. Every day when I talk to our commanders, I ask them what they need. What more do they need, if anything, to get the job done? As they will tell you, I granted every request. I re reiterated them today on three occasions that they should take the maximum steps necessary to protect our forces on the ground in Kabul. Now Wait a minute. Did, did you catch that? Just listen closely. Let me play that again. They should take the maximum steps necessary to protect our forces on the ground in Kabul. It's pronounced Kabul, not Kaboom. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta wonder. Is like when he hears, you know, suicide bombings and just all the mayhem. Like he's just, I feel like his brain is just thinking in terms of a goddamn '60s Batman television show. More from him. I also want to thank the Secretary of Defense the military leadership of the Pentagon and all the commanders in the field. There has been complete unanimity from every commander. I'm actually proud of him for that mission. one. He pronounced that word and correctly. The best way to achieve those objectives. Those who have served through the ages have drawn inspiration from the book of Isaiah. Oh, give me a says, fucking break. Quote the book of Isaiah. Who shall go for Always using religion to just try and quell people's there fears. Like, no oh, he, he, he must be a wholesome guy. I, I mean, if he's Lord, quoting the book of me. Isaiah. Excuse Here me. I am, send me. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go in harm's way, to risk everything. Not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love. And I ask that you join me now in a moment of silence for all those in uniform and out. Uniform. 
military and civilian who have given the last full measure of devotion. Blow your moment of silence out, you fucking ass, pal. How heavily are you going to breathe through the nose, bro? Thank you. We got an image of Biden checking his watch as they held the ceremony for the 13 soldiers. Look at him. Look at him. He's just like, when the fuck are they going to wrap this thing up? Hey, pal. You wanted the job. Try and do it with a little bit more class next time. Huh? We also got an image of Taliban flying U.S. Black Hawk helicopters with people hung by their throats. Interesting use of our equipment. We got a picture of Taliban soldiers mocking the iconic image of our soldiers at Iwo Jima, putting up the flag. Yeah, in our gear, but their flag. They're mocking us. But you know, we got ways of mocking you here stateside. Oh, yeah, yeah, look who's snickering over there, mister. I, I can't do a suicide bombing because I'm sick. He had a, he had a note. Oh, he got you. He had a he note from his doctor. Yeah, he, he brought a note from his doctor. It's a suicide bombing. <laughs> Here's another way we can mock you. Uh-oh. Who's that tall, dark, handsome man? You know, if you look closely, you can see why they don't want this image shown because, I mean, look at his eyes. Looks all stunned out. You know, Trump's Twitter account was banned. But word is, there's plenty of terrorist organizations whose members have Twitter accounts. You know, from ISIS, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, whatever. Those Twitter accounts don't get shut down, though. And that really pisses me off. So, in this promo video, when I upload it to Twitter, we have them tagged. Now, some of you may be thinking, Jesus. You're really gonna tag terrorists and show the image of Muhammad? Aren't you scared? Nah, this is how I feel. Look at me. I'm the one who did this to you. Remember me. I did this to you. Our correspondent, Brett, would like to weigh in here. Fucking Taliban. I thought we. I thought those. I thought that was over. I thought we're on ISIS now. I didn't even know the Taliban still existed. I like, you, you kill Osama or Osama Obama, <laughs> Osama, and like they're just gone. But now they're around, and our fucking dumb president's calling them the Taliban or Bond or whatever the fuck he said. Then homeboy's like, I'm gonna show a picture of Muhammad, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Fuck it, show a fucking picture of Muhammad. Fuck you, fucking piece of shit, terrorist motherfuckers. <laughs> You know, I gotta agree with Brett, um, you haven't heard about the Taliban much in the past few years. Uh, when was the last time you heard the phrase, suicide bombing, or suicide bomber? That's because Trump's foreign policy was bar none. He stabilized that region, he handled ISIS, he shut Kim Jong-un the fuck up, but he says mean things on Twitter. 
one one thing that has been making the rounds. I've been seeing like a lot, a lot of TikToks, and this comes from the Jimmy Kimmel show. They matched mashed up Obama when he made the speech after Osama bin Laden, and then Trump after they got the leader of ISIS. They mashed up the two speeches, and it's supposed to like poke fun at Trump. But on TikTok, there's like all these like redneck like Trump supporters that are just you see them like watching the clip, and they're just like laughing their asses off. You ask me, doesn't really hurt him much. The United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi is dead. The United States launched a targeted operation against that compound. They did a lot of shooting and they did a lot of blasting, even not going through the front door. You know, you think you go through the door. If you're a normal person, you say, knock, knock, may I come in? After a firefight, they killed Osama bin Laden and took custody of his body. He died like a dog. But his death does not mark the end of our effort. A beautiful dog. A talented dog. We give thanks for the men who carried out this operation. And I don't get any credit for this, but that's okay. I never do. But here we are. May God bless you. And may God bless the United States of America. And I'm writing a book. I think I wrote 12 books. All did very well. Gonna switch gears here a bit. This isn't a news story. This is just a really funny personal story about my old tenant, Dan. Tenant Dan! Years ago, me and my roommate, we lived on the first floor of this house. And the tenant upstairs, our rent was shockingly cheap because the landlord knew he had a madman living upstairs. He was this grumpy, old, fat fucking guy who was just out of his fucking mind. And, you know, me and my friend, we were young guys, but we weren't noisy. We were staying out of trouble. We were pretty good tenants. We didn't have wild parties or any shit like that. We were quiet. But this guy just always found something to complain about. One thing that really drove him nuts is he was very meticulous about his truck. It was this black GMC Envoy. Like, not only did he have this motion sensor so he would know if someone's walking by it, and for some reason, he parked it in our driveway, which I never understood. Like, there was another driveway that he could have parked it in, but he insisted on parking it in the one where, because we lived on, our door was on the side. So, I don't know. But yeah, we would have, anytime that we walked into our house, we would have to walk past his car. And he had a motion sensor so he would know if anyone's getting too close to his car. Not only that, he also had a security camera aimed at the truck, right? Now, my roommate at the time, he had a niece who had a, if I remember correctly, some kind of complication at birth. So this priest that we know, he came by. I, I guess he was going to do the, uh, the anointing of the sick or some shit. Uh, turns out, girl is fine. She pulled through. Very healthy, happy, healthy girl now. Um, but the priest came by to pick up my roommate. And they leave. The guy, Dan, upstairs, he comes down, banging on the door. I'm like, yeah, how you doing? He's like, you tell that motherfucker if he leans on my truck again, I'll crack his fucking skull open. So I just look at him, and I'm like, yeah, the, the, the man's a priest? 
So I'm not exactly going to threaten him with violence for you? And I know this priest. I, I highly doubt he leaned on the truck. This guy's just, you know, nuts. But just to give you an idea of, like, how, you know, crazy he is about his truck. Keep that in mind. Now, he would always bang on the ceilings to, like, mess with us. And we, we usually we could laugh it off, but sometimes, like, we'll throw it back to him. We'll take the fucking broom handle and just hit the fucking roof, right? But one morning, he really took it too far. It sounded like a like he had, a, like, a bowling ball, right? It's early in the morning. He's banging over my bedroom. Then he walks across, and he bangs over my roommate's bedroom. He comes back. He bangs on my bedroom. And back and forth, back and forth, just banging. And finally, I snap. Pull, pull some pants on. I go outside. I take the motion sensor by his truck to piss him off. I start flinging it. I look at his security camera. Fuck you. And I go back in the house. I hear his screen door pop open with a vengeance. Nah, I had enough, right? So my trick was, I was going to lure him to the backyard. Right? This way he's at, I'm, I'm out of the view of the camera because I'm about to crack this old man. And I don't want it on camera. So I'm luring him to the backyard. And as we're getting to the backyard, like, there's a part of me that just starts to, like, say, Fuck, are you really going to beat up an old man right now? Like, do you, you know, like, just, just, I was thinking, you know what, just tell him he's a fucking fat fuck and call it a day. But my roommate comes out like a rabid dog. Like, like, what's up, bro? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? The guy maced my roommate. He had a mace can in his hand. If everything went according to my plan, mace was going in my eye. Once he sprayed my roommate with mace, now I don't care that he's an old man. We're going to fucking unload on him. We beat the fuck out of this guy. Even my friend, he's like blind. Right? But he's still managing. At one point, he gave him, like, a fucking Liu Kang kick. And then once, like, the mace really settled into his eyes, right? He just kind of, like, had him subdued. Like, he was... The, the, the old guy's just on all fours on the floor. And my roommate's just, like, standing over him, just trying to, like, hold him down and rub his eyes. And the old man's like... <laughs> you hit me! You fucking hit me! And I probably thought it was pretty cool saying this, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit you. I run up. I give him a money shot, uppercut, right to his fucking skull. I put a dent in this guy's fucking head that's still there. So, I can't remember if it was my roommate's fiance that called the cops or, or I think Dan might have been dumb enough. But either way, the police were called, right? He comes out with the mace can in his... He greets the police with the mace can in his hand. I got to, to the cops first. I'm like, he sprayed this guy with mace. Right? So, they're like, put the mace... Put the mace down! Throws it on the floor. They go to him. And, you know, they say that, like... You know, that, that other guy... He says to them, the other guy hit me. Right? It's like, ten cops, like, walk up to me, like... I know that look in their eyes. They're like, well, we might have to arrest this fucking kid too, right? So let me see your hands. Luckily, there was no bruising. There was no blood. Well, me and my roommate, we look like choir boys, right? We're anything but, but we know how to play that role. 
So I put the hands out. Luckily, there's no bruising. There's no blood. I, got, I just hit him with a good, clean shot. No evidence on my hands, right? And as they're, like, looking at my hands, I really, really sell it. I was like, listen, he makes my friend. All I try to do is get him off. I mean, you know, what am I going to do? Hit an old man? He's elderly. What the fuck? And they, they, they laughed. They walked away. They arrested Dan. And we got, like, a restraining order because of it. Like, um, even though we live there, like, he just, like, if, if, if we're outside, like, he needs to just get inside. He needs to just get away from us, right? But I got even more revenge on this man because I hated him. After I move out, about a year later, I see him pull up to a CVS in his beloved truck, he goes inside, I wait for him. Now, remember, he's very meticulous about his truck. He snapped the fuck out if you lean on the thing, right? Now, you can't see it in the video, but you hear me hawk the loogie, the right? He comes waddling out of the CVS looking like the fucking penguin, right? Then you hear me go, hey, and then I spit. You'll hear the spit right on the driver's side window. And then I start laughing like the penguin, which is kind of cringe for me to uh, watch, but it, it, I, I kind of like it though, because it, it, that must have irritated him that much more that I'm laughing like such an idiot. Here we go. Okay, so here's my old tenant, Dan. We hate him. Hey! You motherfucker! <laughs> 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 fucking put a fucking dent in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see that, you motherfucker? Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be in business. I'm not a business bureau. Yeah, 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 yeah. See you later, neighbor. Sharon Stone's 11-month-old nephew has died. A few months back, Sharon Stone released a video, uh, Attacking people that don't want to wear their mask, which pissed me off. So me and Brett decided we're gonna do 11 dead baby jokes one for each month that it lived. I'm gonna start this off It's my favorite joke of all time really What's the difference between a baby and a bag of cocaine? Eric Clapton would never drop a bag of cocaine out of a window dead baby. A dead baby in a clown costume. How do you stop a dead baby from calling or crawling around in circles? Nail its other hand to the ground. <laughs> How do you get a hundred dead babies in a bucket with a blender? How do you get them out again with Doritos? <laughs> How many dead babies does it take to paint a house? Depends on how hard you throw them. between a dead baby and an onion. No one cries when you chop up a dead baby. <laughs> what do you call a baby with no arms and no legs in the middle of an ocean? Fucked. <laughs> What's the difference between 10 dead babies and a Rolls Royce? I don't have a Rolls Royce in my garage. What do you call a dead baby pinned to your wall? 
Alright. Baby playing in a plastic bag. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what do you call a baby on a stick? A kababy. In other news, Hurricane Ida struck New Orleans on the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. It's kind of like God's way of saying, I really don't like your town. Our thoughts and prayers are with Louisiana. The Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley fight was unclimactic. Jake Paul won by a split decision. Tensions rose at the weigh-in when someone from Paul's camp got into it with Tyrone's mother. Very she, yeah, vocally she, in support of yeah, her yeah, son. Yeah, she's obviously question. the number one cheerleader. And uh, it does look like security is here. And it does look like it's going to be calmed down. But that got a little dicey there for a moment. Uh, actually, it's not calming down at all. No, it's coming out. And as you can see right there also, Jordan Maldonado, the trainer and manager of Amanda Serrano, is also in the midst of it at the moment here. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what started it. Just as the press conference face-offs were ending, uh, to the right of me, and our backs are to the stage, I heard, and I just tweeted, Tyra Woodley's mother was verbally sparring with members of Jake Paul's camp. Jake Paul's entourage... There's 20, 30 guys deeper. You can see them in the orange here uh, in various places throughout the concourse and the ballroom. And it just kind of escalated from there. I don't know exactly what the source of it is. Jake Paul appears to be far away from it. There's There's, there you can see Tyron Woodley's mom. They're trying to separate uh, the Yeah, two. I just heard Tyron say he's demanding an effing apology. I'm not, I'm not sure from who here. Let me tell you something. You don't mess with a black man's mother. See, us white guys, we, you know, we pretend that we like our mothers, and we do, but not like black guys. That's no, that's not even a joke. That's, they have a deeper bond. Black men and their mothers have a deeper bond than most other people. The proof is in the pudding. Watch this. You know better, nigga. It's my motherfucking mom, nigga. You know better than that shit, cuz. Right. You know I ain't say shit to your motherfucking mom. I didn't say you did, but you know it ain't cool. Check that shit. I'm saying check that. I'm saying check that on some G shit. You a fucking whole bitch. Man, I ain't say shit about your motherfucking mama. In the way, and you see Jake Paul kind of run away, cuz even he realized that. This isn't right. You don't do that. Here's some thoughts on uh, Yo Mama jokes from my hero, the master, George Carlin. They're always putting each other down verbally. There's a running verbal battle. And some places have rules when you're putting each other down. No mothers, man. Hey, no mothers, man. We didn't have that rule. We started right in with your mother. And worked from there. Hey, where'd you go last night? I was out with your mother, man. Ah! There was always one guy whose mother had died, remember? I, of course, watched the fight on an illegal stream site at work. And 
know, technically the kid won. Technically he landed more punches. But Tyrone was neck and neck with him, and Tyrone was the only one that got like a significant shot in. I was watching at work, and when that moment happened, I was going nuts. I was salivating. I was hoping this guy would just kill this kid. Dave Chappelle was in the stands. Right after that moment, I noticed that he was there. He was jumping up, jumping for joy, hoping Tyrone would knock this kid out just like the rest of us. Uh, a lot of drama surrounding this fight. Uh, there was a bomb threat, actually. Someone said the, they, they left a bunch of uh, explosives. They were from Afghanistan. And, you know, the best fight of the night wasn't the main event. It wasn't the other fights. It was a fight in the stands. Our correspondent, Brett, would like to weigh in here. I don't know shit about this fucking fight. <laughs> Who the fuck Jake Paul is? I don't fucking care. Everybody wants him to get his fucking ass kicked. Who fucking cares? But but there's a fucking bomb threat. There's this, this other little fight that my friend says better than the regular fight. And I have the tendency to get in people's faces and say fuck you. And sometimes that's the fucking reaction. But that dude got knocked the fuck out. He didn't even know where he was anymore. The Dead Kennedy Brothers had a rough week. First off, Bobby Kennedy's killer, Sirhan Sirhan, has been granted parole. Uh, two of Bobby Kennedy's children basically said you should let him go. If a man no longer poses a threat to society, then keeping him there is cruel and unusual punishment. I mean, I kind of like this sentiment somewhat, you know, forgiveness, but, you know, if you pop my old man, I hope that, you know, you die in prison and you suffer from continuous ass rape. Yeah. Uh, some of the other siblings didn't agree with the two siblings that, um, wanted to let him go, so, you know, I'm sure that'll be a fun Christmas dinner. And then there's JFK's mistress. 83-year-old Diana de Vag, Vag, I don't know, Diana de something. She likened him to Harvey Weinstein. Now, she admits that the relationship was consensual, but she likens him to Harvey Weinstein because he unfairly used his position of power. Look, lady, you were fucking a married man. Not once multiple times so don't give me this fucking victim routine okay you shouldn't i don't care if you're a young girl and you're fucking stupid you shouldn't be fucking a married man and most people fuck douchebags you fucked a president be proud of that you're gonna you're gonna try and hurt the man's legacy years after his death come on just Poor taste. Kristen Pitson, a Southern California teacher, has come under fire from parents after suggesting her students 
pledge allegiance to the LGBTQ pride flag instead of the American flag. Okay, so during third period, we have announcements and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class, stand if you feel like it, don't stand if you feel like it, say the words if you want, don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there, but I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. And, um... I packed it away and I don't know where, and I haven't found it yet. <laughs> but my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I gotta find it. Like, I'm working on it. I got you. <laughs> in the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? You know you fucked up when even parents in Southern California are saying to you, Okay, I think you took it too far. I hate to say it, she's kind of fucking cute. You should pledge allegiance to my ball sack, you fucking cunt. <laughs> no parent wants their kid to come home and have to explain these things at that age. That's number one. Number two... It could be worse. You could be in Taliban-occupied uh, Afghanistan right now. Now, I'm not sure the authenticity of this headline, but I read on uh, Unilad, they reported that a gay man was raped and beaten by the Taliban after he was tricked into meeting him. Which seems confusing. Like, <laughs> like... They didn't, they didn't go into detail about the rape, but I'm very curious about what kind of rape are we talking here? Like, it, it was a, the gay man was the victim. Did they bring in a woman because it would be weird for him? Or, you know, was this Taliban guy just lonely from being in the caves for so long and he just figured, fuck it? Like, let's just... I, I don't know. It's very confusing. Our local waste management consultant has some thoughts on this. This sounds very gay. Yeah, I, I mean, I gotta agree to you. You, you, you. The guy's gay, so you you rape him to teach him a lesson. Folks, that'll wrap up this episode of the Uncle Sacky Podcast. You be good.